Chapter Twenty Two of the Friendly Five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sylvie Roth. The Friendly Five by Mary C. Hungerford. Chapter Twenty Two, The Christmas Tree's Second Crop. The habits of even a short lifetime are not easily changed, so before a single servant was astir in that luxurious household, Marian had risen and dressed herself. Lily had no early rising habits to contend with, and so slept peacefully on till Adele came in to say that Mrs. Ashley wished to know if the young ladies required assistance in dressing, and to tell them breakfast would be ready in half an hour. Lily slipped her feet into a pair of slippers and came into Marion's room in a half-awake condition. "'Why, you early bird!' she exclaimed. "'I do believe you got up to gloat over your new breastpin.' Marion laughed and blushed, for it was true that she had been contemplating her first piece of jewellery for a long time with great content. "'I envy you,' said Lily. "'Not the pin.' but not having your first times till you were old enough to realize them. I thought of it last night, when your eyes were shining like diamonds, and you looked like a peri who had squeezed into Eden after long shivering at the gate, like in one of Moore's poems. Now, my dear little rosy round, Daddy isn't frightfully rich like Mr. Ashley, but then I've always had more trinkets and things than I needed— and I don't begin to have the fun out of them that you have already had over your one poor little breastpin. Oh, it isn't poor or little, exclaimed shocked Marian. It is as pretty a pin as any of the girls had at school. And you did long for one, didn't you, poor little kitty mouse? No, I didn't, because I didn't see how it was possible I could ever have one. But Lily— you won't be ready for breakfast. That was a very informal meal in the Ashley house, for the family never waited for the mistress, who was apt to breakfast in her own room, and Mr. Ashley was such a restless, active person that he usually dispatched his breakfast before anyone else began, and trotted off to call on his two sets of grandchildren. This morning the three girls had the table all to themselves, and Marian was lost in wonder at Lily, who did not seem in the least awed by the solemn butler, who seemed to her to be the most scornful and disapproving-looking gentleman she had ever seen, and when Katie, with the courage of a lion-tamer, calmly sent him downstairs because they wanted to discuss a private matter, she almost looked for an earthquake to happen next. The private matter was a present Mrs. Ashley wished to make to Mrs. Abbott, and was going to leave to the three girls to select and present as an offering from themselves. The discussion seemed interminable, and was still in full tide when Mr. Ashley came in, rubbing his hands and crying Merry Christmas to them. Here are sweets to the sweet, he continued, handing them each a two-pound box of Hyler's very best, and here are charms to the charmers and gloves to the gloveless. And with chuckles of delight, he arranged the packages in front of the girls, walking around the table and rubbing his hands gleefully while they unwrapped and explored. Everything was alike in each instance. Two pairs of gloves apiece, extra length, he explained solemnly, because the tops could be used to resole the bottoms. 
the charms were lovely silver chatelaines with smelling bottle bonbon box and other hanging appurtenances and the girls uttered their approbation in little screams of delight in the midst of which mr ashley put his hands over his ears and ran out of the room and the best of papa's christmas morning gifts is that he doesn't mind your giving them away to somebody else if you want he wouldn't forgive anyone who parted with christmas tree things but these have no sentiment he says there'll be no danger of my parting with these glorious gloves said lily i've never had any a mile long before and do see marian she's regarding hers with such reverence that i expect to see her swing incense in front of them in a minute i believe she likes them better than her lovely chatelaine oh no but i can wear the gloves well i suppose papa thought you could but can't you wear the chatelaine too it seems too fine for me with the kind of clothes i wear i'll tell you what said katie hurriedly to avoid noticing marian's embarrassment we'll go around the gorham to-morrow right after breakfast and change off that chatelaine for other things i know you're such a silly goose that you'd rather have a half-dozen trinkets to give away than this it was worth something to see the pleasure in marian's face at this suggestion but lily didn't give her time to say anything for she sprang up and gave katie a hug and resounding kiss with an emphatic declaration that she was the dearest girl that ever lived and we'll give her our votes for the bellamy prize won't we though she said to marian as she resumed her seat adele came in then with a request from mrs ashley that they would not fatigue themselves in their morning amusements she depended on them to entertain her guests at the christmas tree from four to six in the afternoon the drawing-room was mysteriously closed and when at the appointed hour the girls went in with mrs ashley they found it greatly changed from the night before the tree was equally well filled but with gifts of a widely different character and by its side and behind it stood tables strangely loaded one was covered with stout shoes another held a pyramid of bundles each bearing a small placard the third table, longer and wider than the others, was loaded with hats and caps. The room was lighted with gas, which seemed to have a bewildering effect upon the twenty guests who now began to arrive. The sudden change from daylight, or else the splendour of the brilliant tree, made each girl, as she entered, rub her eyes and look helplessly about for an instant. They were the members of Mrs. Ashley's class in the mission school, and every year she entertained them in this way. Katie and Lily did their best to make the company feel at home, but perhaps there was a tiny bit of condescension in their efforts, for the girls seemed shy and afraid to converse, but with Marion it was different. She knew by her own experience how embarrassing it was to step from the surroundings of poverty into unaccustomed elegance, and the lessons she had learned made her know what to say to these shy, awkward strangers to make them feel comfortable and at home. The guests were all gathered at last, and seated where their eager eyes could feast upon the ever-fertile tree, as Lily called it. Then, from behind the portiers, appeared Santa Claus, smothered in furs. His long white beard indicated great age, but his agile and jerky method of skipping about contradicted the venerable effect. His pockets were puffed out, and he carried a loaded pannier on his back. Taking his station with his back to the mantel, santa claus waved his sealskin gloved hands toward the company saying class please to rise whereupon the guests all stood up katie and her friends also rising if any one present 
continued santa claus whisking up to the tree and back again to his place wishes to share in these gifts will she kindly signify it by saying i would such an animated chorus of i woulds arose then that santa claus put his hands over his ears please don't all speak at once next time he said now head of the class tell me which were made first cats or kittens what don't know next then you don't know either nor you why who does know all the class were giggling and nudging each other in great amusement and at the last question one girl called out cats and sank back upon a chair in a paroxysm of half nervous laughter wrong said santa claus severely you know every cat has to be a kitten first try again kittens screamed the whole class in concert oh what an ill-taught class cried santa claus looking around slyly at mrs ashley i should think you'd know there couldn't be kittens without cats for mothers which of em was made first then said the boldest member of the class but the others pounced on her and called out for shame lizy maria so vigorously that she was completely crushed you must ask your teacher said santa claus politely beginning to unload his pockets and hand out blue scarlet and brown mittens a pair for each girl and as you have such strange ideas of cats and kittens here are some articles to refresh your memories about them and by some dexterous gymnastics he freed himself from the large sack or pannier that ornamented his back and poured its load of muffs upon the floor there was one for each girl and they were quickly picked up and appropriated at the word of command then there was a general distribution of the useful gifts upon the table and of those upon the tree which were prettier if less useful being little books work baskets photograph frames and other trifles such as girls without pocket-money prize there were some merry games then in which katie and her friends took part and the twenty happy visitors took their gifts home with beaming faces and grateful hearts it may pall upon your fancy my marion said lily that night when they were undressing but for the fiftieth time i must repeat my conviction that these ashleys deserve their wealth oh they do assented marion enthusiastically and katie grows nicer every day yes katie's getting gooder and gooder all the time as little elfie says bless her heart end of chapter twenty two